to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac, and on this bonus roundtable episode two, uh, I am joined by Unknown Paranormal, Mike from NBC Paranormal, Mike from Shadowwalker Paranormal, and Corey from Corey Med Explorers. What's going on, you guys? Not much. How's it going? going on? Hey. All right. Uh, I know. Mike from Shadowwalker was here with us last night, so some of his input maybe he made something he didn't think of last night that we're thinking about. Well, the reason why we brought these roundtables into fruition with uh, Megan and I had the idea for it is to get different perspectives from different paranormal investigators or people involved in the paranormal from different parts of the world, different parts of uh, how they different parts but different ways of how they go about their investigations or at least how they view dealing with the paranormal and the afterlife altogether so i do have pointed questions but if you guys have maybe something you wanted to share or at least ideas and stories that i didn't think about feel free to bring them into the conversation more of a conversation less of an interview kind of based thing this is uh cory's second paranormal roundtable i think uh mike's as well um, from last time we spoke so but one thing i wanted to go first for some people that are I guess new to uh, the roundtable altogether is to go around and introduce yourselves and at least uh, from what paranormal team you uh, represent or what uh, your, I guess, what, how you uh, essentially how you are associated with the paranormal community altogether. So I'll go first with uh, the unknown paranormal. I'm Mike, lead investigator for the unknown paranormal, followed by my brother, Phil, my wife, Christy, and uh, we paranormal researchers. We like investigating everything paranormal, including rich history of every location that we visit, try to uncover hidden truths, hidden treasures, and everything in between. Uh, so that's a little bit about us. Corey, I know it's your second time through, but for any new listeners or new viewers? Yeah, so um, I, I actually I do Paranormal Hunters of Mass. That's the uh, paranormal team. Obviously, it's only ran by me at the moment. Um, team kind of split up. So then I do Corey Med Explores, where I explore. So I kind of do the exploring and the paranormal all in one. And that's how I got started with this. Awesome. Uh, Mike from uh, NBC Paranormal. Hi, I'm Mike from NBC Paranormal and I'm from the UK. I've got a small team. It's just myself. Uh, and then I've got a couple of people that join me every now and again. I'm also a medium. I've been doing this for just over 15 years. And I like going to places and helping spirits that need help or just basically communicating. Awesome. And what does the MBC stand for? Um, much better communication. And Mike, I know that we got it last time, but this might be someone's first paranormal roundtable that they listened to. I said, listen to episode one. No, my name is Mike from uh, Shadow Walker Paranormal. Uh, we're on the uh, East Coast of North Carolina on the waterfront out here. And uh, we go around uh, doing paranormal investigations and trying to heal things, not so much prove that they're there, but to try to fix some of the things that need to be fixing one of the first questions i th- i want to try to get talked about is what got you into the paranormal to begin with oh uh, with us i think covid actually was the jump start obviously we've uh, we mentioned that before um but we've all had our own little ties with something paranormal uh for me was what i believe my grandfather uh, after his passing i spent about a week at my grandmother's house where uh one night I got told to go to bed under my breath. I said, good night to my grandfather. And as I lifted the covers up to my shoulders, it felt like someone had placed their hand on the back of my head and kind of stroked my neck and my shoulder blade area. And, uh, ever since then, you know, I was kind of hooked. I started watching TV shows, 
started reading a bit more about, you know, what happens after death and, uh, just to bring my, my mind with intelligence. And, uh, when COVID hit, the three of us sat down and we figured, well, why not give it a try? Uh, so we started off with a spirit box and our cell phones. We headed out there and what we were capturing was, was hard to believe. Uh, so we started social media. We started putting it out there, let people tell us what they think, you know, with, with some help of some close friends that are into the paranormal and meeting all sorts of the right people. The group has been strong and we were able to carry on. And uh, here we are to this day. I mean, we've all had experiences, obviously. We didn't just say, hey, let's go find some ghosts. But I, I think it just also helps that we're also closely, obviously we're family, so. Being able to do this together is a lot easier than saying, let's go find some people who are into the same stuff we are and let's build a team. Yeah, I think from a very young age, um, we've all had our own um, experiences. And uh, obviously, when you're a lot younger, you you don't understand it. Um, but when you're older, you know, you remember things that may have happened and you're like, oh, wow, that that was something, you know, I can uh, get some answers out of this. You know, I can investigate this. As a young yen, you know, you don't know that. You you just, you know, it's great. I love it. And like Mike said, you know, some of the things we're capturing, um, audio, uh, photo, I think we're capturing uh, for Canada, you know, some pretty decent. Yeah, some some decent uh, evidence here. Awesome. Um, So I started pretty much when COVID started too. I started by exploring this asylum that was in my town. Um, And I started hearing some pretty crazy stuff. Went there with a couple other people and we started investigating it. We built a team off of it. We started going really crazy into it. And just like anything else, you know, certain things broke up the team. And I decided to kind of pause the paranormal a little bit, get more into the urban exploring and finding more locations. And as I started getting to the really dark, crazy locations, I would do some of my own investigating and my own paranormal. Other than that, I usually go with my buddy and his wife. We explore all over the East Coast. And if I find that haunted location, I'll go back with people who are paranormal related because they usually don't do it and I'll investigate it. Awesome. Uh, Mike from NBC Paranormal. For me, it started at a very young age. So um, I was able to see things and hear voices and stuff. But at five years old, I didn't really understand what it was. And my mum was lucky to have it, lucky enough to have the gift as well. But it was very, it was kind of like a hard conversation to have at five. You kind of thought you were, I don't know, just you go downstairs and you see somebody in your front room or um, go upstairs and there'd be somebody stood on the landing or something. It was a bit like, was it my invisible friend kind of thing? So I kind of put it to the back of my mind. And then my mum passed away uh, 10 years ago. And at which point um, I really wanted to get back into the paranormal and see if I could start communicating again. It wasn't so much that I wanted to speak to my mum. It was more that I wanted to kind of kind of help people, if that makes sense. And ever since then, my, my gift has kind of got stronger. And then me and my friend decided we wanted to start a paranormal group. And then that's when we started investigating things and going to different places. And then I was lucky enough to buy a property that kind of had a property at the end of it, which was haunted. And I've been doing a lot of investigating and communicating in there which is where i am right now and yeah my gift has just got stronger and stronger in the last i'd say the last six years maybe since i've been living here that's me in a nutshell really it's just 
just, yeah, it's been a journey. Uh, there's been some real like dark times here and there's been some really good times where I've helped people. But yeah, that's it. Just met some really nice people along the way. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, had a, I had a hard childhood, had a lot of religions kind of forced on me and stuff. Always was the one to want to know more. And then in the last three years, I've been battling some cancer issues in the stomach, passed away a couple of times. And as they say, I awoke. I seen things on the other side, met people on the other side. It proved to me that there is another side. And it's kind of why I want to try to show other people that don't believe that there is something on the other side. My gifts have kind of like came from my crossing over and coming back. It's almost like it's real strong. The more you use it, the more, the stronger it gets kind of thing. But yeah, the, the same thing. I've, I've always wanted to help the spirits that can't cross, the ones that are stuck, the ones that are causing tor- turmoil and, and holding on to other spirits and stuff like that. We've always wanted to to help the ones that can't help themselves kind of thing. So that's that's kind of our mission, not necessarily showing that it's real anymore, but trying to heal some of the broken parts that you know need to be healing that people don't see. Uh, there's a lot going on that we cannot see. And to be able to try to fix that or help mend some of the hurt and pain, uh, you know, along the way, that goes a long way in the afterlife and our next go around. Yep. Yep. Um, one quick question, I guess, to ask of the three mics. Um, uh, Mike Shadow Walker's Mike P. Mike G, you said that, what you, that funny sound like a rapper name. <laughs> uh, you said your place is uh is haunted or the current place you're all right now yeah now have you dealt anything dark there yeah all right um i know everyone else here i don't know about you but i'm, just, I'm a, everyone else here knows what i can do did you have any prior knowledge of uh what i can do as ability wise did you did you hear i said no because oh. just to do a second I said, did you have any knowledge, prior knowledge of what I can do ability-wise? No. Okay. Well, everybody else knows um, all too well. Um, but uh, I have uh, gained the ability around 2020 to pull the energy of the dead uh, in with my hands. Uh, I can feel the energy. I can pull the energy. And I learned to differentiate uh, dark from light from my right to my left. So dark energy, mm-hmm. right hand, left hand uh, charges uh, light energy, right? Um, test and tribulation over years that I've been practicing with also Mike uh, P uh, has been uh, helping me almost focus and, and uh, master this ability of mine uh, so strong now that I have learned to pull energy in and then also imprison it in a, uh, a ring uh, to be specific a King Solomon replica ring but I also can pull energy from video like what we're doing right now um, so reason i bring that up is because i pulled something from where you are right now mm-hmm. yeah within the first 10 minutes of us talking <laughs> so whatever was there is no longer there that is of darkness just letting you know okay making this more, more so more- with your with your gift then do you find out like names or anything like that or is it you just pick up on energy just energy like i i remember mike always told me he said that this is not a psychic gift uh this is I, I can't hear them i can't see them any more than anyone else with no psychic abilities can mm-hmm. i just i can feel the energy and then which hand charges or sensations is how i differentiate from if it's somebody i.e a ghost or something light versus something dark dark spirit or farther along the level of demonic and stuff like that so mm-hmm. 
when I hand charges, the sensation feels like for your hands going to sleep. Um, that gives me this warning sign that whatever is here is there. And then I was feeling around everybody else's screens. Luckily, everyone else is fine. But with you, yours, after you told me it was haunted, I was like, I don't think he should have anything dark there. I don't think he would. And then I felt around. And yeah, your little camera screen uh, down there uh, told me where it was coming from. So um, <laughs> if you had something dark there, it's no longer there. Now, I could get the name of it. I would have to go into the ring and ask. Um, most mm-hmm. of the time they do not give names they give purpose of why they were there but they don't like giving out their names especially even even dark people like we've said before people who are a-holes in the and while they're alive when they die they can still be a-holes after they die and stuff like that so mm-hmm. these are those dark spirits and stuff like that but now uh maybe wonder now how haunted your actual place is um it goes through stages um i haven't been down here i say maybe five weeks just other stuff like helping people and doing cleanses and readings and stuff has taken me on a different um, kind of journey, I guess. But yeah, we used to do quite a lot of um, lives and stuff on Instagram and YouTube in here. I mean, I'm on the main uh, ley line to Stonehenge. I guess everyone knows where that is. Uh, But it's literally a two-minute drive from me. So, I mean, I've got stuff coming through here all the time. Uh, the darkness that was in here. Yeah, he was a bit of a nasty piece of work. Um, and and he's come for me from a, uh investigation that I went to where he latched on. Uh, and I didn't really know until it was a bit too late. The problem was, it, like, doing a lot of cleansing and stuff, he just wasn't going to go. He just, he, he can't, his energy would weaken, but he just, he didn't want to leave here. So he's pretty haunted at times. Um, I mean, I've got CCTV in there now and I've picked up some pretty cool stuff on it. Yeah. So I, I guess it's the same as any haunted place. It's Sometimes it's haunted, sometimes it's not. That if they a, want to talk, let's talk. That was a verdict with the house I currently live in right now, or this place was that it at times the activity would be high and sometimes we go like a good six, seven months without any activity whatsoever. But ever since yeah. me and Megan started getting into the game of paranormal investigating, it's it got higher and active. But then after I gained my ability, and then Megan got stronger with hers. Nothing gets in this house with our without our say so. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's gotten very strong with knowing who's here and at least having the channel and stuff like that. I guess that's aside. I just thought I would let you know. Thank so you. yeah, that's going on. And everyone else is like, oh geez, I got something in my place. Eh, no, you guys are fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know Corey goes to some uh, places that a lot of dark things would be, especially the abandoned hospitals and other stuff like that. But oh yeah, we've yeah. done some crazy ones lately. Speaking of which, um, uh, one of the things I thought uh, I would be uh, asking is your top paranormal experiences. Because I know as investigators and stuff like that, we've gone through a lot of different places and stuff like that. But what was an experience that you've gone through that either wanted you to, I guess, give you a profound idea that there this is real or it scared you so much that this was like the worst thing you've ever gone through, essentially? Um, I think for myself, we were, we were, uh, we were invited into a location. Uh, I'm not able to disclose the name of it, but uh, we were allowed in, and uh, it's an old hospital. And uh, amongst that, it was it was just the three of us. Uh, supervision was done, taken care of outside in the parking lot. So we had about an hour time allowed inside and to investigate. And within the first five to ten minutes, we walked in as a group, and we stayed as a group. Uh, we were kind of in a straight line. It was going down this one corridor. And I stopped dead in my tracks and I said, 
Christy, did you say something? She goes, no. And in, in, in my mind, I heard a full-blown conversation. I was listening to men talking, women talking. It almost felt like, like a lobby, you know, people hanging out, talking, TVs running. That's what I was envisioning uh, in my mind. And within minutes later, Christy goes, Mike, what is it you're trying to tell me? And I said, Honey, I didn't say anything. I'm, I'm 10 feet away from you. She goes, well, I heard something. Phil comes walking in into where I am down this corridor. And he goes, do you hear that? Said, yeah, I hear something. So right away, torch is on. Let's look to see if there's anybody inside. There's there's no humans. There's nothing. It's it's torn down walls, torn down lights. Half the roof is paving in. And I turned to Phil. I remember saying to him, I don't feel safe. There's something about this moment that <clears throat> we got to go. And uh, I kid you not. The moment I said, I don't feel safe, it almost, well, from what the three of us have heard and captured was, it was like someone picked up a, like a school desk and threw it to the wall beside us. So you felt the impact, you heard the impact, crash and fall. And I remember hitting to my left and right at Christian Pogan, I'm getting the hell out of here. (laughs) I've got to go. We, I, we turned around, we left. I'd like to add that when Mike said, um, okay, so we, we film, uh, when we, we are able to, we film all our, um, um, our adventures, our investigations. Like, I'd like to add when Mike had said, I don't feel safe. I had, uh, you know, I was just moving the camera around, you know, it was a lot to see moving it around, but slowing down the image at the top of a staircase in a, what would have been, uh, like a, a big window, nothing on the outside, which is a weird thing. Yeah, these windows are all yeah, up. yeah, yeah. So, so slowing, no, no light coming in, no. Light yeah, nothing. They, we they we we couldn't debunk it. Slowing down the image, you can actually see a dark apparition with a white face walk into frame of the window and stop and turn its head. Slowing down the image, you can see it. Slowing down the video, um, and this is a matter of two seconds. I almost missed it. We had to slow it down, but sure as clear as day, you can see it walking into frame. And um, the next frame, you know, we happened to, for whatever reason, look at the staircase. It was gone. But we captured this just slowing down the image. Uh, sorry, slowing down the uh, video is how we, we captured that. Jeez, me. <laughs> Anything you'd like to have? That one did really scare me. Christy has a really good, uh, a really good moment with an inmate from uh, the BC Penitentiary. So the BC Pen ran a while back, and they actually have uh, the graveyard of the prisoners when they passed away, and it's all protected by the city now. Uh, it's a little bit hidden. They they, they built um, high rises around protected area of the cemetery. Which there is petitions going on to actually get the inmates' names on these because right now they're just numbers. That's right. So, um, so we went there one day. Uh, it was nearly winter time. It was November, and uh, we picked the headstone. So, Christy is learning uh, how to use a gift, and we learned this from uh, Megan. Actually, uh, she said she sent something. Christy believed that. Uh, from a while ago that she did have a gift and she's having a hard time learning how to use it and as of right now we we've turned it to just just follow your gut let your gut decide where you want to be 
Uh, so she picked the headstone and she started making communication. Amongst communication, uh, she got a name of John Walsh. So we used it, you know, what, what can go wrong? Uh, we went for that. And uh, what happened? Well, I got my hair pulled and then I got, we were using the spirit box at the time. And I kind of did like a mini session alone. He didn't, I guess, obviously want to talk to two men. And uh, I started feeling anxious out of nowhere as uh, Phil and Mike were walking up towards me and uh, almost like a panic attack. And then I was on the verge of crying and I was telling him like, this guy's doing something. Like I was completely fine before that. And I told him like, if that's you, you got to back up. Like, I am not comfortable back up. And within seconds, I was completely silent. And then over the spirit pop box, he pretty much said, as Phil was walking up as well, they need to go. So he was very adamant that he just started to yeah. go to me. Through the spirit box, they, for whatever reason, and again, we film we film everything through the spirit box. Like uh, Christy said, it was whatever, whatever it was, John Wolf was very adamant and not wanting me or Mike to join. Like we physically had to, to walk a good three or four meters away for her to continue that conversation. On a calm note, not on... The best thing about that investigation, though, was going with the flow with the spear fox is when we gathered the name John Walsh and we went with to go home and, and review your footage, your audio, your recordings and start digging into history of the BC pen. We came across that John Walsh was 100% an inmate at the BC pen. And, uh, you know, just, just based on our findings, based on. Just all added. Everything. Like, everything um, we thought was pretty much what he told me. Through yeah. Spare. It's that he projected on me. What said in our research, almost what he felt, I guess. Validated. And, and other times we've, we've been there several times. Um, uh, other times we've gone there. We've seen um, quick shadows. We've had our light rigs turn off when asked to like it just seems to be a very very um active location intelligent very intelligent and i i believe that whatever is there we were also able to um have some time inside of the bc pen which is like what two blocks away yeah and um it it almost feels like there's no connection yeah it, it almost feels like one or more of whoever we were talking to joined us at both the BC pen and the cemetery. It just felt like, it just feels like whenever we go there, it's like they remember us. And it's like, they're usually keen to talk to us as crazy as that sounds. Well, in my opinion, you know, that's one of the best things that could happen is having a, a spirit remember you. You can return to locations and let them be comfortable speaking with you where you can bring someone completely brand new and get absolutely nothing just because they don't know that person. Uh, so the fact we can jump from one location to another with the same ties and still bring in communications from a cemetery and continue it into the penitentiary, it's just amazing, right? Uh, so definitely for me, it, it's it's going to be a repetitive investigation spot, right? Uh, it's good for practice for Christy, uh, good for us uh, learning to deal, dealing with shadow play, uh, is what I like to call it. Uh, we have Good luck, like you said, with that. So definitely a location that we enjoy, for sure. That's awesome to hear that Christy's starting to 
deep dive more into her abilities. So yeah, yeah, we're uh, it's hard to you know, sit there. Megan wanted us to come up with questions, and it's hard uh, when you don't really know where to begin. But it's definitely uh, it, it's become a go to when we go to locations. You know, I'll, I'll look at her and ask her, "Are you at least feeling an area?" Are you picking up a sense where you need to be here or do you need to be there? So, you know, um, just try to co- come in tune with it, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, it takes practice with anyway. I, get, I know Mike, Mike G, Mike V can always talk. Uh, sorry, Mike G, Mike P can always talk about uh, the aspects of being the psychic and stuff like that. And even with my ability, it took practice to at least get to it where it is right now and stuff like that. So, like everything, it's it just takes time. But uh, Mike P. The real realist OG. Um, <laughs> what has been your most profound experience so far? I'm, I'm, I'm not say assume, but I, I would say something with, with your early days as a psychic, possibly. Um, no, my my I wouldn't say scariest because it's always scary. Right? Uh, you know, I I don't hide the fact that I get scared quite easily. Uh, I think I'll just get used to it. Is is easiest way of putting it. Uh, but when I went to um, a prison. Um, I mean, I'm used to seeing things. So when other people see stuff, it's kind of like, uh, it's not validating, but it's quite cool, if that makes sense. So we went on this big group um, investigation where there was uh, a massive team, but we got alone time. So you were allowed to go and like, explore these uh, prison cells. And it's quite a big prison. So uh, we all split up and went into our different different areas of the prison. Uh, and we went into an area which was renowned for female inmates. So we're all, it was actually just two of us in there. And I heard a noise. You know that you, you hear like a knock. You go, did you hear that knock? Except this time we, we heard footsteps going up, um, into the next level. So, uh, my friend Bex was in the lower level and I was on the higher level. And I heard the steps coming up as if it's coming up towards me. She's gone, have you, have you heard that? And I was like, well, I kind of was looking, hoping that you had heard it. And as we both looked up, we both looked at the same time and saw this figure walking up the stairs, stand at the top of the stairs and look at me. So I've obviously freaked out because now it's on the same level as me. And I continued to record and I've obviously captured this figure at the top of the stairs within what seemed like an eternity, but it was actually only a few seconds. My friends walked into the um, area where we were we've all stood there having a conversation and we've there was four of us i think we've all looked at the same because you know what it's like when you've seen something you get you become very expressive we've all gone look it was over there and as we've looked it's still there it's still sitting at the top of the stairs and then all of a sudden it just disappeared and it was it was truly incredible but truly scary at the same time because all of us were able to see the same thing which doesn't generally happen you usually get somebody to go, oh, yeah, I saw a shadow figure or I've seen something and it's gone within seconds. And then you have to then try and convince everybody that you haven't been smoking something or, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you're not just seeing things. Because as a medium, it's quite hard as a psychic because I see things and other people don't. But to get everybody to see the same thing at the same time it was truly incredible. And it's one thing that stuck with me forever because that was amazing. Uh, that you know that spirit definitely wanted people to know he was there um so yeah that's that's it that's one thing stuck with me uh, a few times i've seen a few things out there when, when me and 
uh, Mike Peer out investigating stuff like that is most of the time just shadow figures. And of course he will see something far different from what I see, but um, that's why I rely on him and uh, Megan co-host of our show to be mm-hmm. uh, my eyes and ears when we investigate. So uh, we can, they can tell me, Hey, we're doing, you know, what's what out here and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, all everyone to share something at one time, that's, that's that entity really wanted to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was seems so good. Like when you look at the video, the you could actually see like the shoulders. You could see like the whole body form, everything. It wasn't like a clear person, but it you could just when you slow it down frame by frame, you can see clear definition in it. It was just yeah, it, that he was definitely powerful. Like not that he was going to pick people up and all that kind of stuff, but powerful enough that he wanted to see people to see a true form if that makes sense mm-hmm. um really good no uh, Corey, you got any uh, new experiences for us or one that you remember specifically <laughs> um not anything new really because i haven't been doing too many crazy investigating but um do you remember the time on the last round table where i told you about that entity that pushed my friend down the stairs i mean i would remember but people who listened to this first time wouldn't yeah, so we were actually we were actually at this uh, this old asylum, um, pretty decayed. There's not really much left behind, but we were over there investigating. We had a lot of stuff going on a couple other times. Um, so my buddy was the last one down the stairs. We were all walking down the hallway, and he rarely felt a figure or something push him, but there was nobody there. This was the same building that we caught. Um, a tall, dark figure with red eyes following us on numerous occasions. So we don't know if it was him. We never really proved if it was him, but I mean, that was, that was a pretty crazy experience. And then me breaking my ankle, um, at the same hospital, I believe that was paranormal related too. I believe I was pushed. I don't think I just fell. Those would probably be the two scariest experiences for, for me anyways. Sounds like a painful experience. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I definitely think it was paranormal related. Other people think it's full of shit, but. It's full of shit. No, I remember you were telling me about that. Yeah, that, that was just how you had to basically crawl your way out of there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's about stepping up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have that picture I sent you? That too, that caption of that nurse in that window at that mental hospital? I think you posted it on your page, didn't you? If I did, I don't remember. Megan Lucci handles on social media. so. Yeah, I think Megan posted a while back. That was a cool capture too. I know some of the photos you capture while you're out there. It's just like, it's almost like, not to uh, blow smoke up your ass, but a lot of it is, uh, it's almost artistic. Some of the things you capture certainly angles and images you capture out there oh yeah yeah i see how you take a compliment all right (laughs) uh mike p uh i know we you have a very strong answer about your most intense invest uh experience but maybe you want to give the same one or possibly a different one from last time Uh, i've been privy uh in the four years that my gifts have kind of like popped on um i've been able to go to a couple exorcisms and participate um in actual demonic possession cases um that alone just anything you experience during that time um will really really put things into perspective for you so yeah that's um, probably scared the shit out of me <laughs> the the most 
the one that really sticks out the most during um, we have been at this for about two and a half hours, whatever this thing was, it ran across the floor and you could feel it, but you felt it from underneath the floor. So imagine like a horse running across the floor, but underneath upside down running across the floor you can feel it under your feet and actually being able to chase it down per se um and banish it from the house to try to get rid of it you know it 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 really puts things into perspective so i mean jump scares and stuff of course you know we're all going to catch those once in a while when something jumps in your face but it's really hard to get scared when you when you've seen the other spectrum and how these things can affect our worlds and us the living you know what i mean that makes sense truly does it's crazy all the different stuff we capture (laughs) yeah i have i have every time i pick up i won't pick up a camera no more um it's gotten to the point now that every time i pick up a camera and take a steel shot there's something in the camera um so it's almost i feel the same way lately definitely Uh, so the more you the more you tune in the more you awaken um, you know, and with Mike, with your abilities and stuff, you know, you're getting used to it. You said you were getting used to it and stuff. You, you almost don't ever really get used to it. You know, you, you, in your head, am I crazy? Am I seeing what else can see it kind of thing? Um, but you know, it, it's there and, and it, it, it will affect people in different ways. You cause yourself to be a beacon almost. Um, so y'all need to be careful because remember the more you do this, the more they're going to want your attention because they're not being heard and they're stuck not being heard. So it's driving them insane. So when they come across somebody that has a gift and they can communicate and, and that's why you guys were saying that, you know, when you guys came up, he didn't want to talk to y'all. He wanted to talk to her. Um, You know, that, that's, that is true. That's a, they're just like us. They have their personalities just like they did in life. Um, And, you know, they, you're a beacon so you start attracting things to you and wanting to talk and communicate with you um and that's you know that was one of our hardest things to learn um that me isaac and megan learned together is protection you know you it's easy to go out and poke something but how do you truly protect yourself from something you can't touch you see what i'm saying either right yeah yeah so i mean and, and, you know, you're the, the biggest tool you can use on an investigation is, the, is your body. Your body will tell you before the instruments will. Um, yep. and, and believe it or not, everybody here on this web, everybody has the ability to awaken that in themselves. It's just how much you experience or how that. L- and okay, the last part where you said Personally, that. I just get goosebumps. <laughs> What's that? I said uh, it cut out the last thing you said there. There's a lot coming in right now. Everybody has got things going on around them. <laughs> you do think so? We yeah, say, I, I like I said. You're once you're a beacon, you'll 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 attract them. So like you, you have a lot of things behind you. Uh, I'd say right shoulder. Did you feel right my shoulder? I think yeah, that shoulder. You yeah, you've had something there the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It does it doesn't like sometimes things don't like me talking or letting out too much mm. information. I'm learning that there's things that you can be told and there's things <laughs> that you need to yourself. It's not gonna show up on camera, right? <laughs> 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 
And to be honest, um, like uh, you've had something come over your, where Christy is there um, twice. It's moved from her right shoulder that you can see on the screen. Twice it's moved across the screen. Okay. Yeah, that side, yeah. <laughs> that's what I, you know, that, that's one of the biggest things that I try to tell everybody. Once you open up to it, these things are around or come around all the time. All the time, it yeah. It's never, it's not something that you can close the door on. You might be able to quiet it down. But, you know, once you roll that ball down that hill, it's going to catch momentum. Yeah. You know, make sure you protect yourself. Make sure you're spiritual. You know, right. find your spirituality. That That's the biggest thing. You know, I had, I bought all kinds of religions. I was in foster care, so I have religion forced on me. So, you know, I always question, you know, hey, why are you contradicting yourself? Why does the Bible say this and this happens? Um, and when I passed away and saw what I saw, I will tell you there is more than you know. And this isn't the end. And this isn't the last life you're going to get. This is not the first one you've had. Um, it's a repetitive cycle. Um, energy cannot be destroyed. It just changes form. So yep. basic physics. Speaking of which. Oh, and I love talking to people like you guys that actually feel it. So yeah. can I ask a question then? Okay. Yeah. For the, I guess, mediums or psychics, however you identify. Um, do you guys like, obviously you see stuff, but when you feel it, what is that feeling that comes in, if that makes sense? Like, you know, goosebumps or do you yeah, I don't have know about, shoulders or, you know? Yeah, I don't know about Mike, but like if I don't see them coming to me and they're trying to get my attention, it, it's almost like you can feel what they they are feeling at the time. So if they're anxious, you're anxious. If you're sad, you're sad. If you're, you know, disgruntled or angry, you get disgruntled or angry. Um, it, it tends to... They they kind of try to show you by making you feel what they feel. I don't know if you've experienced that, Mike, but I experience it a lot. Where they they almost overwhelm. Yeah, I'd say I'd say you're a spiritual empath. So yeah, that's what that kind of is, really. Yeah, similar to Mike, really. Um, I mean, I seem to get a lot. It's, it's going to sound weird. I'm going to. I seem to be easier to talk to child spirits and I do older spirits um, and they're a lot more um, expressive with their emotions. So, I mean, I've, I've been into a couple of places where there's been a child there and they've been like, abused a lot. So, you know, the sort of discipline is way over the, over the top and, you know, you can walk into a room and start crying or in fact, on a couple of my lives, I've just had this, my attachment, Hannah, she's been there and she's just really emotional. And then I've started crying for no reason. And it's just that build up of pure emotion of not being able to talk or uh, express herself properly. It just comes through really quickly. Um, but you get the normal. So like, you know, um, tingling on the back of your neck or uh, just feeling like you're constantly being watched or ringing in my ear is the newest one that I've got. So if there's an energy oh. around, I just get okay. the ringing in my left ear and then I'll go, it's not the right time to talk or okay, what is it you want to say? And then that's when you get bombarded with a massive conversation and you're just like, it's too much. Is uh, have a conversation with 10 words. What is it you exactly you want to say? 
in 10 words. Um, and you seem to, it seems to calm it down a little bit. Um, but it's for me that the biggest thing right now is seeing people like even right now, um, you could just see people. It's weird. Yeah. I was going to tell you, so what I've learned is when my left ear rings, they're telling me to listen. Yeah. My right ear rings. They're telling me that there's a warning. They're trying to warn me about something that's yeah. coming or something that's going to bother me. It's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We heard that. We heard that happen at a cemetery. And, um, so it all started with Christy feeling a sensation in her ear. And it felt yeah. like the power lines. That's how I describe it. Like you could hear the power flying. Like static. Yeah. And she asked me, she or she asked both of us actually, Phil and I, did you guys feel anything? And Phil goes, no. I said, yeah, I got something ringing like my right side of my body in my ear. And she goes, well, there you go. We just felt the same thing. And we had no idea for one, what it was or how to deal with it. Uh, we've have learned is, um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I'm a psychic or whatnot, because I don't think I am. Um, but I can sense spiritual activity. Um, and I've learned this through a haunted item that we, that we have in our possession. Um, it is a teddy bear. And the reason or how we learn about him was every time I hold him or every time we're at home and the spirit is in the home with us, I get a body freeze, but it's more directed straight to my head. My head gets ice cold. And then uh, Christy's way of knowing is when she touches the bear. Hey Mike, I'm going to stop you for a quick. Who has somebody running around in their... Oh, it's gonna say that, that, that's the that's the landlord's upstairs. Oh, okay. I was like, what is going on? Oh, yeah, I'm up there right now. Okay. <laughs> but I, I apologize. Like, I was like, what is that? That's freaking me out. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Christy, when she holds our, our bear, uh she gets um a headache, but it focuses on the temple. And uh, it will stay there for as long as the bear is there. There's days that it's last two days. There's days that it's last four days. Um, and then that just gives us, you know, the open opportunity to <clears throat> let's investigate and learn, um, which we have. And we'll save that for a different time. But I was able to use my, my head cold ability is what I'm going to say <laughs> as, as uh when we go out to cemeteries and when we, when we do go up to locations, you know, um, we're at the point where, you know, it's not about pulling up to a cemetery, setting up and investigating. It's about learning ourselves and the team. So we kind of venture out three ways and, uh, you know, we'll walk an hour or two hours. Um, Christy will pick up, uh, I pick up on certain areas. And, and Phil will have his own, his own area too, where he feels like, you know, let's do this. Um, but you know, going back to the ability side, um, for one, um, it's for being able to get Christine learning, um, about her ability. Uh, it, it's also great and having support on, 
you know, where do we start, where do we finish type deal or how to protect ourselves properly. Um, as there are some prayers that we do, um, stones, stones that uh, we carry in our pocket. I, I don't think that's just it. Um, so definitely, you know, if anybody here uh, wants to add us onto our personal uh, accounts on Instagram or whatnot, any advice is, is great advice. And, and we will take that with us for as long as we can. Uh, so, you know, please let that be an open invite to help us uh, get better at what we're all doing. I'd like to uh, add something if um, I could. <laughs> if that's okay with you guys <laughs> back to like what 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 sorry back to what what some of you guys can do i'd like to um just add something because we're not at the level of being able to i mean we we can learn but we're not at the level of being able to help people cross over we were at a cemetery the other day and we made contact with we were actually there was a row of uh, soldiers we were in a memorial area and we made contact with uh, Edward came through the spirit box. So, you know, I get up and right behind us, the gravestone, there was an Edward. And one thing that, uh, that came through that really stood out to me was we are lost is what, what, you know, came through the spirit box. So it sounded like there was more than one and they were lost, but it's like, as a as a team, a paranormal investigators, we're just not at that level. Yeah, you know, something wants to communicate. That's great. We're getting the evidence, but then for uh, you know, a spirit or spirits who actually do seem to be lost and want to cross over, you know, especially if it is a cemetery, where do we go from there? You know, like with all with all due respect, I think with the friends that we've made online and the people that communicate with us on a daily basis that. If that's something that we're going to be searching for to do specifically, it's just as easy as getting into touch with them and organizing. Yeah, it. no, absolutely. But I get help, but to open up a whole new chapter where yeah. you know you're going to go out there and try to save a life, I, I don't. No, no, I'm just saying something was obviously very vocal in saying that they were lost, and you know that's not really what we do. You know, so I just wanted to throw it out there. That's that's all. I thought it was just very interesting to me. That was the first time, personally, that I felt like something wanted help. Um, like really, or more, more that it was confused. It was just really interesting to me. Um, so I would have to say that, like, if you run, obviously, something made you feel the need to help cross. Um. That's where your spirituality comes in. You know, make sure you're, you're, you're saying prayers, but then also ask that they're guided to the light and, and ask that the light is actually shown to them. Um, you know, sometimes they won't look up and they need to look up. So, you know, remind them they're just like us. Um, treat them as such, like another living person that's lost. You know, hey, buddy, I know you're lost. I want to help you. If you can cross, I'm going to say this prayer for you. And then, you know, sometimes they, that's all it takes to get them to cross. Sometimes it's just, hey, mentioning and, and actually praying for them and showing them that, you know, somebody's acknowledging and forgiving them and, and allowing them to move on. Um, and that, you know, that's one of the best things that comes out of our investigations. Um, that feeling of being able to cross people. Um, it's an angelic feeling. You can feel it in every, 
I can feel it right now radiating through my body. Um, uh, when you do something like that, it, it's a very spiritual touching moment um, and very emotional. So, you know, you guys out there that don't want to cry on camera, I, I wouldn't suggest filming it because sometimes you'll just break out crying. And then, you know, you're like, we, we can edit that out later. No tears. But uh, yeah, I mean, remember their, their, their personalities, just like ours. A lot of them have died and they don't know they're dead. I, I don't, Mike, I don't know if you run across that. It, a lot of, yeah. you know, fast death. It's like they're, they don't understand what's going on, that they're just caught in a fog and they don't even know they're dead. So just acknowledging them and praying for them and, you know, saying, you know, I am praying that you will pass. And, and look, you know, I'm not going to push any religion on you. Spirituality is more than just the Bible or a prayer. It's what you feel in here. You know what I mean? Your heart chakra. So what you feel in your heart when you can radiate that, then that will help anytime you say a prayer, anytime you need protection. And you're you're still learning. So you're gonna you're gonna pray and they're gonna be there next time you come, and then you're gonna try it again and it'll work. Um, so you know that that's the biggest thing is you know, keep going. Don't stop. Just keep trying. There's a the a skill or a it's almost almost goes muscle memory for investigators that I've noticed that with uh, dealing with the paranormal as much as you are around and you don't have to have psychic abilities essentially to at least feel what they feel or know what they know. The ringing in the ear things that comes to anybody who spends enough time around the paranormal. When you spend enough time investigating enough time around, that's not essentially a psychic ability whatsoever. That just comes to anyone. And from the paranormal teams that me and Mike have been part of before, majority of the members of the team weren't psychic, but they could still experience the same thing with the ringing from the left to the right. Um, so when you feel something of, uh, the emotion of how they want to be perceived, it's because they're portraying that emotion onto you. They want to, you to know that, but you're not psychic whatsoever, or if you're RV, who knows, but if you're, if you don't have psychic abilities, they want you to know what the message they want to get across, yeah. i.e. we are lost and stuff like that. Sometimes they'll blatantly say it over a spirit box or, uh, through an EVP or something like that. But sometimes they need to get a stronger message across because it seems to me more dire, um, in some situations, so they try to put, you know, hey, hey, we're lost. Can you help us out here? Um, the other thing I wanted to mention when uh, Mike uh, G was saying about, you know, you had something moving around you, I'll let you know it was it's a person. Uh, it's not anything dark, so don't get freaked out, guys. <laughs> but I'm not paranormal. Um, I feeling around my left hand was charging around in your direction, so it's a person that's moving around behind you, at least someone of the light side of the spectrum. So no, nothing dark portrayed uh, per se around you. What the hell just happened? Thank you. Hold on. Yeah, you froze for like. Okay. All right. I just lost connection. Okay. Freak me out. All right. Never mind. (laughs) Still recording. That happens to, you know, your any of your devices. You could be like talking about it. You'll cause your phone to shut off for no reason or something. I can't tell you how many times. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to places with full batteries and within 10 minutes, they're all drained and dead. Oh, yeah. No yeah. Played on it. yeah. Everything's charged. Let's go ahead. No. <laughs> drained and dead. But then even it is a, a medium that happens to us, like my girlfriend is also a medium as well. 
Um, but we've been sat here before. We both just literally have to leave because we feel so drained. Um, tired. That, yeah, just sap all the energy out of you. Um, you know, you'll you'll get used to that. It's just like they're using you as a conduit and just going right. I'm going to have all your energy. Uh, and that's why sometimes it's good having an EM pump with you just so you can start putting that energy back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I know Mike uh, P was talking about protection, and I know I carry a, a pretty big gun when it goes to investigations. Um, <laughs> Are we talking you... about personal protection here or spiritual? <laughs> <laughs> Referring to my ability, let's say. That's right. Right. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I... yeah we we get to that to Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, as I carry around a, a pretty big weapon that protects me from anything that would come close to my path, but not everyone has, of course, my ability and stuff like that. So I was just wondering what uh, everyone else uses as forms of protection. If you're not using it, that's going into a firefighter without a bulletproof vest. So it's pretty, uh, pretty dumb. But uh, what forms of protection do you guys uh, bring with you or use? Uh, for us, um, just, just because of the, uh, you know, the paratourism here in Vancouver, uh, we spend a lot of our days venturing out into cemeteries. Um, with that, uh, Christy's really good at having us say a prayer before we enter, uh, as well as some incense. I have a friend that actually um, has helped me as well, and she sent over some protection, I guess, things um, or chants. So... I make boys gather in a circle and do that with me. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, even with the cemeteries, the offering of tobacco, maybe a little old school, but uh, unfortunately we are smokers. So, uh, you know, having a smoke before we enter a cemetery is the, that, that's the hardest thing. It's pretty common. Great. Sometimes I have a stone in my pocket. Uh, there's times yeah, that yeah, we offer, yeah, we'll actually bring flowers with us. Native. Um, I, I'm getting a lot of native up there where you're at there, there's a lot of native stuff going on there there is uh but the thing that that's tough is um so the native the native cemeteries are protective through the band um and the native bands like to keep that to themselves and and i i'm fine with that i but the one thing that we do have up here and that's what i find the coolest part about the cemeteries is we have a lot of pioneer cemeteries, old settlers, people who helped create certain areas of Vancouver. Um, so regardless, um, you know, when we go out there, we'll pay respects to those people that have set the path for us uh, when we were not here. And uh, that's just kind of our go-to. We, we've... We haven't really come into contact with anything that dark. Like nothing really that would be like, like, whoa, like we need to leave. I think it's been very rare where we've come across something that really freaked us out to the point of where we wanted to stop an investigation. So we, we, that's just my opinion, but knock on wood, right? Yeah. Because just, you know, you may not encounter that while your investigation doesn't mean it's not lurking. No, I'm just Yeah. Yeah. Can always follow you on in there too. Yeah. That's the big, biggest thing is scrub yourself before you leave. You know what I mean? You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't run in the house without cleaning your feet. So, right. you know, make sure yeah. you clean your, clean your aura up, clean your vibe up before you leave. Um, 
just to make sure that whatever's there doesn't follow you home. Because that is a common occurrence. The more people oh, are yeah. your normal, that is the most common occurrence is attachments, believe it or not. And then some people don't even know that it's an attachment. Yeah. That's one thing that we've, uh, so Mike G is actually a really good friend of ours. And, um, outside the paranormal, we've had personal things and he's guided us a bit. And, um, that's good. He, he's told me that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you're investigating and you're coming to the end of the night, you need to let the spirits know that you're leaving now and you're going to leave them at their home. Well, yeah, back to yours, and that's their that's their border. Yeah, that's that's been something that has been imprinted in my mind so much that after every every communication session, whether it's with a military person or someone that we just we picked up a sense to talk to, we'll always make sure to let them know that you know we do thank you for your time. We thank you for using the energy that you gave us to speak to us. And that we are going to move on now, but we will return to visit you another time. And we hope that you stay here respectfully as we brought respect to you. We just want to. And, and we do. We, 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 uh, we, we stay true to that, um, promise and we do return. Um, you know, and not every time, uh, that we go to a location, it's not all, you know, it's not, sometimes it's debt. There's just nothing. There's been, you know, as, as you guys know, there, it's not like you just go to a cemetery and there's going to be activity, go to a location. There's oftentimes there, there's just going to be nothing. There, it's going to be dead. So we just, mm. and that, yeah. And then the next time you go, it just, it's active equipment, feelings, everything. It's, it's just really phenomenal to be honest. Like some of the stuff where, where we, we, we catch and like we find it, just, it's still baffling to me. And I get so excited when something's happening. You're like, you, you, you feel it. You're like, oh shit, it's happening. Like, <laughs> I, me, I get excited when a spirit ball goes off. It's like, did, spirit ball, did you see that? Like, it just, it, 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 I, I love it. I've become, we, we've become obsessed with this. Like, I love when we get the responses we get. It definitely is cool when you get the responses for sure. Yeah. Mike, uh, Mike G, what do you use for protection? So I've got um, two things that I take out with me all the time. One is selenite, especially here. I've always got it in my hands. Um, and I've got uh, an obsidian cross. And I, I mean, I've got to the stage now where I just think anything that you put positive energy into, belief that it's protecting you, uh, it helps just anything that you've truly believed that it's protecting you uh, as an object will protect you. Um, it doesn't have to be holy all the time. Just anything that you put that energy into helps. Um, obviously, make sure you're saying your prayers uh, and just give good intent. Just let, let the spirits know exactly why you're there, what you're trying to do. Um, just be clear on what you're doing. Um, and I think that kind of helps. That's it for me. Yeah, pretty good. So, I mean, I, I I don't know what your closing statements are when you leave an investigation. I mean, it depends. Depends what I've been dealing with. Um, if I'm dealing with children, then obviously try and make it um, not very disciplined, but very structured on what I say. Um, 
But then if I'm dealing with like older generation, then I need, it, for me, it's all about respect. Um, like if you just go in and you're respectful to them, then they're going to be respectful to you. I mean, I, I, I've been dealing with an attachment now for what, maybe five years. Uh, and that wasn't because I didn't close. It was just because this particular, uh, young lady wanted, um, spiritual guidance. She needed help. Um, and I now had to go and see a medium as well to find out more about her, but it was more about that. I looked like her dad and that's why she's now with me. Even though I said, you know, stay here, make sure uh, I'm going now. I'll be back. All that kind of stuff. She was like, Nope, I'm coming with you because it's better to be with you. Uh, and that's what she's done. But you know, you can go to some places like, um, what Mike said is that you can go to some places and, um, you really need to be heavily protected because they will, they will make, you know, make it really difficult not to communicate because they want to communicate, but they want to come with you because you are a beacon to them. They're like, I know you can talk to me. I know you can hear me. So I want to get through to you. And even if you're saying prayers and stuff, they're like, no, we're coming. We're coming. <laughs> it's going to happen <laughs> sometime. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's really important that you have something that you, you believe will protect you because that does, uh, protect you. And that, um, I was going to, I was going to ask a question. So do you believe that specific energy, because I believe a lot in energy, I believe that we attract specific frequencies. So again, my girlfriend is a medium and we could both go to an area and go, right, let's see what we can pick up. She might hear something and then look at me as if to say, did you hear that? And I didn't hear it. So do you believe in different frequencies and different ways that you might, let's say Mike might pick up then the other might up and then Corey might pick it up but together all of us together wouldn't pick up the same thing we need to do that yeah it's happened it's happened before yeah (coughs) so what about when it comes to um helping then so um did anybody else hear that (laughs) <laughs> I did hear something. I did hear some knocking on the window or something. Yeah, yeah something like knocking on glass. Got out. Yeah. Um. So I do. I deal in a lot of. Um, I I put it down now to trauma demons. So basically, people that deal like, been internalizing their pain, and then um, they then manifest a real scenario from that. If that makes sense. Uh, I, now I, now I've been, I've helped three people with that. All of a sudden I seem to get lots of it coming to me, like lots of people dealing with the same things. And it's almost like one particular demon I seem to get all the time. Yeah. Is that, is that like a normal thing to happen once you start dealing with that? It's kind of like once they get your smell, they come to you. You know right. what I mean? Like, and then wherever you're at, they, they look for you or they're, if they see you, they're coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely that, that, that actually, that's exactly how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you've got to remember universal law, free will. So if you want, you can't make them cross, you can't make them leave. It's up to their free will. Yeah. Gave us. 
So it, it's they're just like us. So you're going to run across those people that no matter what you do or what you say, you know, you're they're they're going to find you and they're going to keep messing with you, keep poking at you. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it, it goes with the frequencies of what follow us home, because funny enough, um, I can't remember the last time me and Megan have asked something not to follow us home because most times things don't or they just come to their house anyway. They don't give a crap. Um, but <laughs> spirits tend to go to Megan for specific reasons. And it's because they know one that they can hear or that she can hear them. But two, it's because they know someone who needs our help. Um, and majority of uh, dark entities come to our house on a daily basis looking for a fight. Um, after everything that I've done so far in the majority of the locations we've been to and then pulling from places like how we're talking, they uh, a lot of them either come to us looking for a fight or looking like they want to uh, challenge me. Is that always the, the, the we call it the, <clears throat> excuse me, not always a calling card, but it always seems to be like either someone sent them or they came from a certain location or they were someone walking by or they just like, I don't know, they're looking for a fight. Um, and that seems to be the calling card with the frequencies of energies that seem to be coming after us most of the time. But then again, we go looking to pick fights uh, of, uh, <laughs> when me and my uh, me our uh, Mike and our parental team go out, um, but no, what we found out that most spirits come to Megan looking for uh, help. Like they know she can help, they know what I can do for some how they find out somehow. But then they come asking for help because they know they know that we can help them. For example, uh, uh, we had someone on um, uh, recently uh, that. Uh, was I guess a member of a paranormal team or something like that that had an attachment from a previous place that he went to uh, many attachments actually and someone that he knew uh, who passed away came and contacted Megan uh, before we even met him and asked for us to help him without even knowing it, without even meeting him per se. And then after we did, of course, I, I do what I do, and then we it, it's it's night and day for him and stuff like that, but. Uh, that's just a small a thing that we've come across. So I think depending essentially on your ability or at least how you can help is how, what kind of spirits you might attract to yourself. And then maybe who you help is my, who you might piss off. So if you <laughs> helped a, a special entity that was trying to cross over, move on, or say you take a spirit away from a certain location because they feel safe with you, you might've pissed off something darker there that was using that spirit to, pull off energy from yeah i definitely agree with that last bit that you just said because um a couple of times i've been warned like you need to stop helping people um because yeah they don't like it and uh, i'm hoping what you've taken away from me is what's been around me because i've had uh, i call them a watcher so they're they're very much uh they're stuck with you. They watch for a weakness. And once they find that weakness, they'll just keep poking at it. So I'm hoping you've taken that away from me because it's been, it's been with me for a while just because I've been helping all these people. And, um, yeah, it, it definitely resonates what you've just said. Yeah. I can always, and I have to go into the ring and ask, uh, why, why were you there? Stuff like that. And speaking in my higher self, uh, when I'm in the ring, uh, is usually how I get information from them. When I speak in my higher self voice, it's the it's a more of an intimidation factor for them. 
Um, but funny enough, they have random reasons why they're around. I remember I pulled something from when me and Megan went to a Target. Uh, something was right in front of the store, just hanging out there right in front of a local Target. And I pulled it and I went in the ring and asked, what were you there? And it gave an answer. It was like, I was looking for meat. Like, that's all it said. I was looking for meat. (laughs) I guess it was looking for something to attach to. So a person they can latch on to. But yeah, how how it phrased why it was there. Looking for meat. I was like, all right, you piece of shit. You're in here forever now. Um, (laughs) When you you vibrate at a higher higher level, when your energy is vibrating real high, too, remember that, you know, that grabs their attention. So, you, you know, that's the other thing. When you're helping people, you're radiating you're the the light is literally angelic coming off of you at that point um mm-hmm. and you know that's going to stand out in the dark what i call the the neither it's not it's not like heaven and it's it's not like hell but it's like stuck in this gray uh, just weird kind of like stalemated kind of world they're stuck in um and and they they see that Like they can, they can see it like a a lighthouse on the shore in the fog. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah. So, and then you know the big guys. The more you vibrate, the the higher the vibration you have, the more they want to poke, or the more they want to test to see what you're about, or you know how strong are you, what can you do, kind of thing. Mm. I I agree I with that. I know. I noticed kind of Mike when I first started, like when I got excited, like when stuff started going off, I would stop like trying to like provoke them more and they would come back tenfold. Yeah. The the more I provoked, the more they would chase me down. So I kind of stopped back with that a lot. It was nicer to them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just remember it's like walking in and seeing somebody in the convenience store. You don't know them from Adam, but you show them respect. Yep. I hold the door for them. You might say, hey, have a good day. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of the same thing. Treat them the person. They don't like, like a person. And then if you get something that's acting not like a person, it'll let itself known. You know what I mean? It, you'll, you'll know it. You'll feel it. You, your body will sense it. Yeah. It's like, a, the you know, the tiger makes the hamper sound and it, it scares its prey, almost freezes its prey. Yeah. You, when you're around something really negative, you'll, you'll, you'll get that. You'll, you'll feel that, in, that intimidating fear. You know what I mean? You'll know that it's there, that energy. Right. So yeah. just treat them like normal people until you come across something that's not normal. And then, you know, then it's all weapons out the bag. You want to play around and we'll poke at you too. So we actually came across a case too where the medium that I had on my team when we first started tried to let some of these people pass from this mental hospital. And I think it was a really bad idea. She came across something dark that pretty much took her voice for like an hour. She couldn't talk, nothing. Like we had to get out of there. A lot of bad stuff started happening. So your darker entities will use the ones that are lost or the innocence as energy, like batteries. So they start to collect. Um, so uh, I, I don't want to sound like a comic book or something, but they start to collect. Um, the real mean ones will collect souls around it or spirits around it and use them as an energy source, almost feeding off of them. Um, yeah. And, and I know that sounds weird, kind of far-fetched, you know, but like 
you know it's right. You know, I don't know. The voice in my head's telling me to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever noticed yeah, that? Well, when, uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Have you ever noticed sometimes that when like um, a light starts flickering or one of your pieces of equipment dies, it, it often escalates really quickly? Like it starts slow, the investigation, and then when stuff starts dying, it, it sometimes it seems to pick up really, really quick and really, really fast, and then just den. Just yeah, my theory. Yeah, that, I'd say just it's so it's so exil. Like it's just amazing. It just yeah. goes back to what you you kind of said, minus the whole soul thing. It, it also uh, <laughs> they also use that with equipment. I think too. Uh, I've seen that. It's very interesting stuff. Yeah, they'll, they'll pull energy anywhere they can get it from. The energy that, that I feel with my hands, that energy from the other entities, stuff like that, that's the energy that they need to be here on this plane. So they pull the energy from lights, from you, from any electronic devices whatsoever, to build enough energy to like a light switch, to scratch you, to be heard vocally, to tap you on the shoulder, stuff like that, or even the mean ones to push you. That energy that they need to be here on our plane mm-hmm. uh, is the energy that I feel. So usually when something is absorbing light and stuff like that, they're trying to get build enough energy up to be, you know, be heard out loud or, you know, leaves like, a, you know, tap you on the shoulder or, you know, something like that. Just do something physically on this plane of existence. So that's why usually when things pick up paranormally is when you have to like your battery strain or you feel yourself draining. You're like, oh, man, I feel tired all of a sudden. That's when something's going to happen because they're pulling it from you to start something up. Or have you ever had the investigation like, you do the investigation and some investigations you're like, Oh cool. Let's go do this afterwards. And then there's the investigation. It takes almost three days to recover from. Yeah. Like, yeah. What happened? like what happened to me? Yeah. Why do I feel like this? That's, that's the most real nauseous, nauseous. Yeah. We had that. We had that happen at a cemetery one time, actually where one of my friends who was a girl got, physically scratched to the point where she was bleeding and we were drained for a while after that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's anytime you're touched or you hear something or, you know, they're pulling energy from something. Um, <coughs> that's why I want one of those, uh, uh, what are they? The Tesla coils. Yeah. So basically the idea is you take a Tesla coil take it to a haunted location and basically amplify all the energy as much as you can and see what happens. Yep. And I would like to do that with Isaac because he pulls energy. So I'd, I'd want to see how he would react. Now yeah, you just, that cool you strengthen up. You, now you just strengthen up the things I have to take out. That'd be pretty cool to see though. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac's got that special ability. So that'd be pretty cool to see if it affect him or not. I wish I, I wish I could get him to an actual and a native shaman. Um, if he had that native knowledge that they don't share, they don't write it down. They don't talk about it. So, I mean, yeah, he, that's the knowledge that he needs. Um, and then, and then he would be, yeah, he'd be something else entirely. He already is something else. <laughs> I've never met anyone else like him before. <laughs> well, anyway, 
There's enough of enough of that. Um, <laughs> there's something I, I guess. Toot your own horn. Yeah. Toot your own horn. There's something that I, that I said um, with when it comes to paranormal teams out there. And I'm not saying one person uh, you are or you aren't, but what will you? What I've come to understand, what there's three kinds of paranormal teams so far that I have encountered. And this goes from well known to unknown. Um, at there's the first kind of paranormal team, which is the clout chasers, those who export the the dead for their personal gain. I.e., like you have like they want to be the next Ghost Avengers, next Ghost Hunters. They want that fame from the paranormal, so their posts and their click and stuff all over the YouTube just for the specific reason of getting famous. That's it. No other reason except for that. Those who are called okay, the cloud chasers. Kidding. Clickbait. Clickbait. And then there's the, the second class of paranormal investigators who do investigate, do capture, do everything like that, but they have respect for the dead. They understand. They want that, to understand. That doesn't want him to. What's going on? Something's trying to, something's trying to talk, stop you. Yeah. Yeah. I've had bad internet connection here for a minute or so, but I was saying the second class paranormal investigator, um, of course, is the ones that are they respected that they they do investigations, they capture evidence, and they do so in evidence to want to spread the knowledge that there is an afterlife, there is something that happens after we die, or they're trying to understand themselves. Um, and those investigators, they have respect for the dead and how they go about their investigations. They don't never try to disturb or anything like that. But then there's this, the third class, and this is the rarest of them all because there's only one team so far that I know of that does this, and that's my team, my team with Mike, Shadow Walker Paranormal. Our goal, our single goal, is to go to location to location, place to place, and eradicate all darkness from there and help any spirits that want to cross over to cross over. Because we never make anybody leave, as Mike says, it's free will. We're never going to force. Did I freeze again? Did I freeze yep. again? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, January, but literally in the last two minutes, it's not been happening a lot. Yeah. Uh, Mango, oh yeah. Mango edited it together uh, once she gets through the point. But um, I was saying that the third kind. She always does. Good so he doesn't want you to get to the point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the third. <laughs> The third kind is uh, the rarest kind, which is our me and Mike's paranormal team, um, Shadow Walker Paranormal. And our single goal is to go to location to location, place to place, <laughs> and eradicate all darkness from there. And help any spirits of light cross over. Of course, you know, we've talked about free will before when it comes to certain uh, spirits and stuff like that. When Mike's talks about that, we can't force anybody to leave. So those who choose to stay, which we've had in occasions before where we've gone to locations, spirits will want to stay. And, of course, you had a lot that want to leave. But a lot of them can't leave because from our experience is that there's a dark entity keeping them there. As Mike said, using them like a battery to keep those dark spirits, to keep the spirits there to feed off of, to power them up, to torment people and stuff like that from our experience alone. But that's what I said. That's what separates us from most of the paranormal teams because we collect <laughs> evidence. <laughs> Dark key freezing up. What's going on? You guys laughing? Yeah, that spirit's robbing your energy right now. It's like every time you get to that point, it's like you're. It's bloody like, Oh, yeah. It's like I'm that, done. That's crazy. And I'm looking at you guys. You guys are still moving. So I don't know if it's like freezing <laughs> up or not. But no. Um, 
that's the least your question I was going to ask is that what are you consider is your guys goals as a paranormal investigator or your paranormal teams altogether? Do you want to answer? I mean, honestly, I just go to try to, you know, see what they want to tell me, see what their story is. You know, a lot of times we go to the mental hospitals, they want to tell you why they died or what, why they haven't left there. You know, I've the mental hospitals and the prisons is probably where I've had the most paranormal activity ever of all the locations I go to. I go to a lot of crazy ones. But I would say the hospitals are, are on the peak, especially the asylums and the old training schools and stuff like that. They just yeah. want to tell you why they're still hurting. Yeah. You get all well, that raw emotion in, in like asylums and hospitals, don't you? You've still got that energy still there, so it's absorbed. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to one and it's been like really, because we, I don't have access to that here, <laughs> but in the UK, we don't really have like asylums and hospitals that you can get into. So what is it like going into one of those? Um, it, very, very it, heavy. Yeah. Very very heavy. Heavy. Like the, the one that we have here in, in, in Coquitlam here is, uh, you know, you, you walk in and you get this whole sense of just pure heaviness. Uh, the sense that you could tell that <laughs> there's people, people were hurting and that s- the stories that happen behind those closed doors are not what they make it to seem. It's truly what you pick yeah. up. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so very much. dark, very lonely. It almost yep. damp and, and secluded. Right. Um, it, it's different, definitely a different, a different feeling. Than just being in the your normal right. outdoors, you right? Yeah. Sense. You feel depressed. <laughs> I would say uh, like that. I would the different. are almost the same, though. I find like a lot of different rooms in these asylums too. Almost have different, um, um, like like you like 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 feelings, like different weights of heaviness. If that makes sense. There's been rooms. Oh, of course. And and uh, the one we go to where. It almost feels angry, like like I'll I'll get angry out of nowhere, like very very angry, and then the next minute, you know, the next room we go into or corridor, I'm perfectly fine. It 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 is those asylums are very overwhelming, and I'm not psychic in any way, shape or form, but even I feel something there uh, that I can't exactly describe. Very overwhelming, like Mike says. Does it have a morgue? No, no. I was gonna say the morgues are usually the the morgues in the operating rooms are usually the the most heaviest. Yeah, yeah. Does that depend on like the age of it? Because I'm guessing like modern technologies evolved since the like the older times, so they would have used a bit more like barbaric practices at that time. Or yeah, I would say the the more ancient ones, like the ones that I went to that have done like the lobotomies and stuff. Those are the crazy ones. Right. Those are the ones. Like the research, I mean, the research part of the medical yeah. mm. caused a lot of damage. Yep. What yep. a testing on patients that are yeah. acceptable today. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy about, isn't it? Like you forget about the olden days where they never used to have like pain medication. It was literally bite down on this piece of leather. We're going to chop your leg off. Yeah. So yep. yeah, yeah. all that energy oh. and stuff's going to go somewhere, hasn't it? 
Yeah. But we're gonna stick we're gonna stick a stick through your eye and pull out your frontal lobe that's gonna cure all your pain. Plus nothing to that as investigators I find, you know, even though we go there so much and you know, you're you're soaking in the history as you're in a, a mental asylum. And it, it's dated back for many a years. But what you what we tend to forget is the amount of residual energy still left behind on those walls that, you know, you go in searching, thinking you're going to speak to someone. Well, if you were to slow down and just take a step back for a sec, you could probably have a full-blown conversation with someone's bed. Uh, yep. Well, no, it's the truth, right? Like so much dark stuff. Um, you know, uh, the asylum that we, we hang out at is is known, and there's stories out there that say that family members truly believe that patients in that hospital at the time were taken to that hospital with no actual doctor written proof of why yep. they were there. Um, they were just there, and. Uh, like you said before, Corey, you know, with all the testing being done with, with very little medication or medication that was not prescribed for me before, we're now making you hallucinate, becoming crazy, crazy. Um, all that. I got a question for you. With that said, how many of those crazy people weren't crazy? They had gifts. No, exactly. Yeah. They were crazy. Exactly. They're, they're, they're exactly. Like, no, so you have um, schizophrenia or it's whatever, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that happens in like today's day too, though not just in the yeah. US. That still happens now. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it does. The very few mental hospitals that are still open, it does. But they're yeah. a lot advanced compared to what it used to be. I mean, we have an old, we have an old mental hospital that's probably within an hour from me. They were putting uh, radiation in the kids' oatmeal and stuff. Yeah, they were still and you them. No. That's insane. Well, I had, I, had actually, aunt, um, I had an aunt that was born, uh, you know, I think she's like 70 some years old now, but uh, she was born with Down syndrome in New York. Um, of all places, Tonawanda, New York, and they put her in a loony bin. There was nothing wrong with her. She just had Down yep. syndrome. Yep. You know? It's quite sad, actually, you know, for, for what it is and how people have developed over all these years. And they're still trying to kick back and say, no, 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 we're going to tell you what to do. It, it definitely is hurtful. It takes a lot from a family, makes that person become something that they're not. Can you imagine? Yep. Uh, it's just hurtful. Yep. I mean, I I talked to a girl who is still alive today who worked at one of them, and she's like, you know, you wouldn't believe how you walk into a room, and there would probably be two nurses and 40 kids. They're sitting in their own shit and everything because they didn't care. They just left them there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we actually found some tapes and played them on a VCR from this hospital, and you wouldn't believe the stuff that went on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? The way doctors treated these kids is ridiculous. I'd show you and probably cry. Yeah. And keep the conversation going. I know it's kind of going a dark path right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the... the, the exports of how America treated the mentally ill is beyond beyond a it's extremely credible um how everything we basically have done to our own but uh Mike G uh what do we consider is your your goal as an investigator and as a medium when it comes to uh, um 
I mean, my investigation is more to help, like, not so much prove the people that think they're crazy, but kind of do that. Just, you know, it's always hard, isn't it? People think, like, things go on or necessarily don't think things go on. And I, like, just, I mean, I love videoing and I love uh, all that kind of investigations and stuff. But to be honest, I enjoy more the mediumship now than um, investigating and like getting videos and putting up on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I don't really care. Like, it's really hard. Like, if you look at my uh, YouTube channel, it's hardly any videos anymore because I like, I, I enjoy more on Instagram and doing lives on there. Uh, and I think my overall goal really is just to help as many spirits as I can give them a, a voice that they probably didn't think that they had anymore and just give them the opportunity to talk. And if I can help somebody along the way, then that's what I'm here for. Um, have, you know, I, I do a lot of medium readings now and stuff. And sometimes I feel like I'm, I am crazy because like voices come through or names come through. I'm scared to say it just in case I'm wrong. I think that's my biggest problem. Uh, is if I say it and it's wrong, I'm going to make myself look an idiot. To just kind of go, right, just say it just in case actually somebody that's watching might um, like resonate with it. Um, and I think, this, I don't know if you've, if you've seen this, Mike, as well, but if you're doing a live on Instagram, you'll be doing it saying, right, I'm picking up on this person, blah, 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 blah. And nobody says anything until afterwards. And then all of a sudden you'll get a message from somebody going, yes. That was for many. Are you like, yeah. why did you yeah. not play it like at the time? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's for me in in, in an age show. I'm oh, sorry, I keep just rambling on, um, but it's just to help as many people as I can, whether that be people on the earth right now or people that have passed over, just to help as many people as I can. That's it. <laughs> I'm looking at unknown paranormal not jumping in. Okay. <laughs> um, we're we're kind of the same direction as Mike G. Actually, um, we go out there obviously in search of evidence and wanting to help the spirits who want to communicate and want help. Uh, but to take it a step further, we are not shy to provide. Uh, sorry, we're not we're not ashamed to provide the evidence towards locations that we have visited to. Um, so if we, if we get into contact for a paranormal investigation somewhere and we do capture evidence, we will always go back and submit that evidence to the right people. Um, we don't hide anything. Uh, we are there to, to prove that either their claims are right or false, uh, cause you know, we're only human. Um, but we also, um, give advice on the best way to go about it. So, you know, the people that we talk to is, oh, my place is haunted. Well, haunted to me is, you know, your TV's got to go flying off the wall and your chair's got to go back. <laughs> they don't understand just the spiritual haunt. Yeah. Uh, that there is a presence in their home. Uh, so I'm not shy to sit down with them and let them know that, listen, you know, you do have a presence. I don't feel that it's bad. Uh, based on your claims or finding, I think it's a relative. And then if we need to, we can always bring in a third party to help us um, deliver that information or make sure that we're at least on the right track. 
Uh, so that's, that's, that's us as a team. We just enjoy what we do really like, oh, you know, just go out there and I just like Bill, it's enjoying, you know, something happens and you're like, yes. And, and, and you know what? I, 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 I also love, uh, going through the evidence as well. I, I love the, the editing, uh, the video part of it. Um, you know, it's exciting to me when you can actually see it. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. So on and, on. And, and oftentimes, um, in the moment of our investigation, uh, we'll see something on video that we didn't see here or, or feel or whatever in the moment. So it's really, it does take a lot of times, uh, like a lot of times, sometimes hours just to go through 15 minutes. You're, you're, you're lit- oh, yeah. looking at everything. Like it, it takes, uh, it takes a lot, but I love it. I love that editing aspect of it, trying to, to, to look for the, the one thing that, that just doesn't add up. Um, and like Mike said, you know, we're not sure, we're not shy to, you know, once we're positive that, you know, we cannot debunk it where we are not shy to, to share it and, and, and post it and whatnot. Do you guys take a lot of stills too? Do we what? Sorry. Sorry. You kind of cut out. Do you take, do you take stills or do you just do video? No, they've got an amazing still of a boy sit at the top of the stairs. That is. That's awesome. The best, uh, the best. Yeah, but Irving helps. Yeah, old heritage of them. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, still, going through videos are fun, but going through stills and flipping, like if you take ten stills of one room and to see the difference in all the stills, is is the best. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some of our our or a lot of our findings. Uh, so going to what Mike G was recommending to is uh, we investigated Irving House in New West. And Christy had captured a full apparition of a young child at the top of the stairs. Um, That's awesome. Where it's clear as day. Yeah, like, we're at uh, the end of the investigation. I obviously left a donation to the museum. The museum thanks. gave me a gift. And the gift was a, a family history booklet, uh, which included um, family portraits of just boys, family portraits of just girls, and the husband and the wife, and so on. Um, but during our research and the, the, the photo clip that Christy had captured, uh, we started going through this book and Christy and I, um, narrowed it down to someone who we thought. Now I reached out to a third party, uh, which was Mike G and I wanted his input on who he thought, uh, we were looking at. And so I sent him the apparition and I sent him a photo of. A couple boys. Um, a couple boys in this booklet. Um, and he came back to me to tell me that our findings through that book is the same as what he's uh, thought that we captured. So it was nice to use that third hour awesome. uh, to help us clarify something that we have found. And I think in the paranormal world, too, it's nice to have those contexts where, like, you know, you could be sure you caught something, but before you post or that, you send it to someone, and maybe after you send it to them, you send it to one more, just to, you know, yep. debunk it or whatever. This way, when you do post it, people are like, "Oh, that's fake." Like, well, but yeah. no matter what, I no, think if someone that. really doesn't believe in what we do or have that belief of the afterlife or spirits, no matter what, you can you you can show whatever you want to them, and they're just not going to believe. You you know, a lot of people I've 
talk to, I don't think it's believe. I think it's more fear. Yeah, yeah. I think they people they, fear people fear what they can't understand they, and what they they don't understand. Yeah, they have they get the unknown. <laughs> yeah, you know. I think the best thing to do, on especially as a medium, is make it a person that doesn't believe believe. So when you get a skeptic come to you and they're like, oh, it doesn't matter what you tell me, I'm not going to believe yeah. you. And then five minutes later, they're questioning it. And you're like, that, because for me, like if I've got a spirit there in front of me and they're talking to that specific person and they go, oh yeah, but you could have found that on the internet. In my head, I'm now going, right, tell me something that I would not know. There's no way. And then when you tell them, you watch them go white, they're like, yeah. What? <laughs> I yeah. love, love it. You know, it's 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 really cool. And, and like I've had, but like I'm sure you know, you guys might have buddies at work or whatever. We all have full time jobs. Um, everybody at our jobs know what we do. You know, I have some people at my job that don't necessarily believe in this at all, and I've showed them some of what we've caught, and they're like, "Wow!" Like. Is that Photoshop? Like, you know, and they start to be like, yeah. wow. And, you know, I'm showing them videos and they're like, holy crap, I heard that. Like, what was that? And then yeah. they start to think maybe, you know, maybe this is for real. And then they start to get interested in it. Yeah. And the, the more people that get interested in this stuff, you know, like, uh, it just, it would be great to see more people into this, you know, and even getting the younger generation. Absolutely. As well. Yeah. Like a lot of people we've met down here, a lot of different, teams uh a lot of people are older not that we're young i mean we're in our 30s she's she's a little younger you, you know but yeah absolutely the younger generation into this would be great you know the more people looking for answers for sure make it serious yeah absolutely like we're ghostbusters <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's not how how it is you know we're and, yeah. analyze something don't break into something you, you know like treat it how we treat it you know it, it's important especially for that younger generation who might be interested in getting into this. What about you then in uh, Hidden in the Shadows? Has there been a point for you where you questioned if you want to stop doing it because it's got too bad or are you quite hardcore and you're just like, it, it is what it is. <laughs> Has there been a time where you've gone, this is too much? No, I've gone to a point where this is not enough. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to say that just by looking at his face from the past podcast i know you was gonna say that uh, <laughs> and like i said before that, that was the, awesome my my goal in our paranormal team is to simply to go to location location eradicate evil and help the spirits cross over and i have decided you know to do this and, and in our pursuit that's going to paint a big target on our backs not amongst just the dark entities out there but amongst paranormal investigators about around skeptics amongst religious people among a lot of different groups of people are going to hate uh, our team for what we're doing not only proving that this stuff is real we're also taking away a lot of uh opportunities for those cloud chasers out there to investigate stuff and get evidence from provoking dark spirits and stuff like that so there's a lot of reasons for me not to do what we do and stuff like that but i have more reasons to do what we do because i can't I am so far the only person I've ever known that can do what I do. And for me not to do something, to not fight these things, to not take them off the plane, to not help people that have been dealing with, with a, a dark attachment of some kind for years, have gone to shamans, priests, have done prayers, have done different incense, have used this, have used that, and of no avail, this spirit is stuck with them. 
And it was a five minute video call with me. I have it and it's over and done. That mm-hmm. level of effectiveness, I cannot pass up and I'm not, I cannot push to the side because that would be just extremely selfish on my end to, to even yeah. allow, allow my ability like that just to go to waste. So no, I've, there's never been a point where I'm thinking this is enough. I'm always, always, and Mike knows this all too well. Uh, sorry, Mike P that uh, I have a warrior sense of mind when it comes to this, that I am always looking for the next challenge, the, the next big fight, always and looking for you guys. <laughs> you guys need to come up here. Cause I got plenty of good spots for you. <laughs> I think, I think you're right. Like having, I think mindset as well is always um, a thing to help people as well. If you've got that positive warrior mindset, I think sometimes, especially in the spiritual world, uh, you can you can sometimes be a lot more uh, powerful when it comes to things like that. It's when you're you start questioning things a lot more, and when you start looking at it differently, is when you become a little bit more of an easier target. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I I I said this a couple of times, and everybody else I think besides you, Mike, uh, Gino, know, know this, but I've said this a couple of times, and I say it's not to be cocky or egotistical or anything like that. But so far, nothing that I have come across has been able to stop me. Um, and that goes for confirmed five demons so far that I have taken from the one, plane. One elemental. And one elemental. Uh, but for sure, five demons uh, confirmed. Now, there might be more, but as far as we know from, from Mike, Megan, and myself, from what we've encountered, for sure, five demons that I've taken in, and put into the ring. Um but like I've said, I've not met anything so far that's been able to stop from what I'm doing. Now, the next big final test, which scares the shit in a lot of people when I talk about this, um, is an exorcism. Like a full-blown, like, uh, possess exorcism. Like what a person is beyond possession and stuff like that. And see how I fare amongst someone like that. Now, most times someone said they're trying to avoid such situations like that. But no. That is what I look forward to the most is encountering that level of a, of a test, you would say. I think uh, it might try and knock you down, but I don't think it'll kill you. In due time, we'll find out. And I know. <laughs> <gonna kill you. laughs> nice. Does it all scare you, though? Because I mean, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's been to three exorcisms. Um, and I mean, she's been doing it for 20 years and she does demonology and all this kind of stuff and she'd yeah when she comes back like you just no i I don't think i could do it i honestly (laughs) um you know passing over um you know literally passing over has clarified what's on the other side for me so none of it fears me i don't i don't fear any of it anymore it's not it's not like being hey i'm you know this macho man or anything it's literally there's there's no fear anymore. Um, mm. It's a you know it's it's the big conundrum. What's on the other side? I've I've been there and I was told to come back because I didn't want to come back. I was forced to come back. They told me to come back that I wasn't done yet. So mm. to actually see what's on the other side, um, <coughs> it almost reinforces it a little bit more to do what we're doing. But the exorcism yeah. case that me and uh, Mike P were part of together what we did together um at someone he knew knows his home 
that was my big test because I've come across different entities out in the field of me and him investigations together. But this is the first time that we knew for sure that this was a demon uh, oppressing this kid that both my 30 uh, minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. I've done four of them. It takes days upon days of praying every day, every hour fighting. It took him 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes. And the funny thing is, I, this, this is going to be is the, I guess, like the egotistical thing you might think me saying, but this is exactly how I experienced it is that Megan, my Megan, how saw it and how she saw it was how it portrayed itself was like a giant, burnt best way she describes as like Groot from gardens of galaxies but all black and like of ash and and like wooden tree with like a flame eyes and horns made of wood and that's how it portrayed itself to her but mm. and that's what i was thinking oh this guy's big this guy's bad how i talked about it. it's ancient this and blah 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 and then within like mike said 30 minutes of me being in the room with this thing i pull it and the first thought came to my head was this this was easy this was too easy i too easy to a point where i thought i might have made a mistake like i've done something wrong did i actually pull this thing did i actually pull something else a lot of questioning myself but no i i got it apparently this thing just talked a big game it, it talked itself up like like it's just like oh i'm a big and bad and when it came down to fighting i knocked it out with one punch um because literally within minutes of after this the kid turned a 180 was a complete different person from he was before acted normal acted happy started conversating talking to everybody in the room like it it was just like and then of course time after the house that the that the kid was living in complete difference the people living there they they weren't suffering and they weren't going through any nightmare things like that so it was like okay i guess i did what i did so yeah uh apparently i can doesn't matter how big and bad these things say they are uh they don't stand a chance against what i can do that's cool enough. Yeah. I'd be very amazed to talk about it. it drives me <laughs> Every time you talk about it, just dry, it just, just mind boggles me every time. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it, next, it must make you feel really exhausting. I would imagine. Um, yes. Uh, not just, not just exhausted, but like you're physically drained. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, we, We've, I've done it where, you know, it, it takes days to do what we needed to do. And then I've done it where it takes 30 minutes to do. Um, so and, and, and then I've had a fight. <laughs> with, um, but it, it's definitely will make you realize the things that you're doing can get a whole lot worse and they can get bigger. So that's why I always yeah. say, make sure you protect yourself. You know, we're doing the good deeds. But doing good deeds will bring things to come look at us. So just make sure you're probably oh, yeah. out there. When you do an exorcism mode of it, obviously the person's head doesn't spin 360 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cool, but it doesn't happen. But, you know, does whatever is attached to that person, does it dry on a mind screw you? Like, like yes. say it's a little boy, but really it. They will, they will throw up. They will throw things in your face that you have forgotten mm. that you still feel guilty about. So, I mean, and, and that's going to somebody who doesn't even know who you are and they're screaming and telling you to leave them alone and they can pull up your out of your closet without, you know what I mean? I've heard, and, I've heard and, of that. I've heard of that. Um, so I've also seen people contort. Um, I've seen a 98 pound woman 
actually moved four six foot men, grown men, a ninety pound woman, literally wow. get all four men off of her at one time. Yeah. Now it's in it's pretty it's it's a whole nother ball game when you see it like that because what you see in the movies doesn't even scratch it. It doesn't scratch the surface. You know what I mean? They, they're in your head. They're always trying to manipulate you. They're always trying to get the one up on you. Um, and then they're, they're, I don't know. They're kind of like octopus. You get one arm off of something. They got four more latched onto something else until of course, Isaac comes along and says, Hey, get in the ring. I'm done with you. And then, yeah, he says more than that. <laughs> I won't get all this to yeah, go, the ring, I'm done with it. Yeah, to to go about it in a sense like that. When we dealt with the the oppression, not possession case. Like I said, I've never been part of a possession case. That it was an oppression, uh, which means the demon was in. It wasn't inside the kid yet, but it was trying to make its way there. Um, I wasn't worried about it. They don't want. They don't want you talking about that. Yeah. Oh, that freeze again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. They, want, they didn't want you talking about that demon. Okay. <laughs> No, I was saying in an oppression case is that we, the team was, we weren't worried or I wasn't worried about it possessing somebody else there. We were worried about it running away. Um, And that's where Megan came in. She has an ability to prevent stuff from running if she wants it to. She kind of puts up a a force field, you would say. So if it runs, does it attach to someone else then or something else? It'll try. (laughs) It'll try. Um, Remember, these things can live without a host of you know I've mean? heard that yeah on, on their way out if if somebody's not mentally shouldn't be there you know what I mean somebody is dealing with their own problems their own grief then yeah they're gonna latch they're they're, they're gonna take the first food source they can get and that's what I heard the more and the more scared you are of them too the more they latch oh yeah they love they love fear that raw emotion yeah. of um, they also love anger, though. And so if you think about that, fear and anger. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. For sure. Oh, I'm just I'm listening. That's all. But uh, everyone is <laughs> tripping me out. <laughs> I have seen an ectoplasm come out of an exorcist uh, uh, black, black bile. Like they hadn't eaten nothing or anything. And actually, seen them black bottle come out. So, wow, it's 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 so scary. It's scary if you love haunted houses. You know, you're like, hey, you know, I don't get jump scared no more. Go to an exorcism. I mean, that's happy and what we. That's the next step. (laughs) I couldn't do that. I would. You awaken. You know what I mean. Of course, you can awaken yourself to see things. So that that's the other option. You, know, you don't know. hear too many people doing those around here anymore. At least where I'm from. I mean, we don't hear about it here either. Who knows if it's happening? But I mean, it's not. Yeah. Oh, we out there. Yeah, if anything, that would be like a Catholic priest kind of thing. You would think, right? No. What? What? Well, someone going to a priest over a paranormal thing. So that's one thing yeah. I've learned. So if you get a chance, um, and you're not doing it. To learn about, like, to learn to be bad. But if you ever look into demonology, every religion has its own set. So not every one prayer is going to work for the next demon. 
You know what I mean? It's going to take yeah. you finding out what who it is right? hit that demon the hardest, whether it's Arabic, Hebrew, Latin, um, you know, and let uh, Buddhist, you know, any religion you believe in, any language you use, um, you, you know, they're that. I don't know. I'm getting bobbled right now. Somebody, do you ever find that spirits can lie? I I think they can lie about their age or names, and yes, sometimes it seems like they're so intelligent that they they almost think it's funny. They think it's funny that that they're lying to to you. If that if that makes sense, that I remember we've had that a couple times. They have personalities just like us. So remember, you're going to get the class clown, and that's what I like to call them, class clown. You know what I mean? They want to get your attention, kind of thing. So just remember, they, they're exactly like us. They all have personalities. Okay. Well, that was the best where I come in to play with this is that I don't need names. I don't need prayers. I don't need objects. I don't need trinkets. I don't need anything other than to be in the room with it. And then it's over. But then again, not everyone can be me. So um, Mike's right when it comes to learning a name and what, what you use against it in situations like that. But yes, normal at the time, most people contact uh, Catholic priests when it comes to dealing with demons. But the creature, the demon, has been around longer than Christianity has well, been. See, so that's how I ended up in the exorcism, too, guys. You know, the Catholic diocese wouldn't do an exorcism here. You know, we have one Catholic church. Of what the next one's in Jacksonville, so two towns over. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I'd have to travel forty-five minutes to get to a Catholic church. So you, you know, around well, here, the, you, they won't they won't condone an exorcism. You know what I mean? They, it's not seem to be needed, kind of thing. Um, and that's how I was happy to be able to go to it and do what I did. It's actually sad, but ninety-nine percent of the Catholic churches up here are abandoned. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they've got. I I was in catechism and Catholic boys' home ran by nuns and stuff. So there, there's some bad stigmatism, but the religion is sound. Man's version of it is messed up. If that makes sense. <laughs> well, um, I just noticed that we've been recording for two days. <laughs> I told you it was going to happen. Here on the East Coast, um, for me, Mike and, and, and Corey here, um, I guess, you you know, Owen Kennedy, uh, you, it's what, I guess, maybe 10 o'clock there. Um, and it's central time. I don't know what you guys, your time zone is. It's mid. Ah, well. It's 20 past five in the morning, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't. Morning. Morning. <laughs> I do appreciate everybody coming on and giving their perspectives of uh, when it comes to everything we talk about and deal with a paranormal. But um, I guess the closing thing is, uh, where can everybody find you? Um, Unknown Paranormal, where where can everybody find you? Instagram at the Unknown Paranormal. We have a Facebook page too, Uh, Unknown Paranormal. It's all the Unknown Paranormal. We have TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, YouTube or or it's... uh... It's a variation of unknown paranormal die unknown paranormal or unknown paranormal BC. Awesome. Uh, Mike G from NBC Paranormal, where can everybody find you? Well, for me, I have to be difficult and have two names. So really sorry about that. But on Instagram, it's Mike.VideoReal. And then on YouTube and Facebook, it's NBC Paranormal. All right. Uh, Corey, where everybody can find you at? 
So on Instagram and TikTok and all that, it's Corey Med Explores. And then Facebook, I still have the Paranormal Hunters of Mass page. It's still up and I still post every now and then. <clears throat> Mike P. I, mean, I know where I can find you, but whatever else can find you at. <laughs> Ken Walker Paranormal. And um, my personal, if you guys wanted it, would be um, Angelic Drum on Instagram. Um, I do have some evidence up there too of Voodoo Priestess. You were talking about still pictures. It's one of the 400 I didn't get rid of. So Sweet. I'll have to look at that. Perfect. That sounds cool, guys. As always, uh, you can catch our social media at Hidden the Shadows Podcast uh, on Instagram, Hidden the Shaw 6 on Twitter, Hidden the Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all our social media and always listen to us at HiddenTheShadowsPodcast.com. But uh, hopefully we can do this again next year and uh, bring more people back, including everyone here. Um, mm-hmm. doing so for sure uh, yeah thank you for having us this has been a blast this is cool i do appreciate everybody always coming a up. good time yeah. but as always we'll catch your weirdos in the next one